everyone, and welcome to another episode of Equals. This is Nadia. Hello, everyone. This is Liz. Welcome to our season four wrap up. Uh, it's just us co-hosts today. No one extremely famous. I mean, except Max and Nabil, right, Nadia? That's right. That's right. We've got. I'm so. I'm. I'm just in awe that we get to do these episodes with these guys. <laughs> Look, guys. Ma- Max is Max is a really famous one here. I'm really happy for you, Max. Seeing you go viral this week. Oh, incredible work, man. <laughs> did I? Did I? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice. I mean, something like 4,396 likes. But you're not counting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, approximately. Approximately, yeah. Being in the Twitterati is a, is a big responsibility, <laughs> I've got to say. Yeah. I mean, Nadia, when was the last time you went viral? Oh, I mean, well, I just have to say, honestly, I just, I don't feel like I need that constant affirmation that you guys are after, you know. But I, I have to say, I did retweet you once, Nabil. And I got like 50 likes. It was a huge highlight for me. I mean that 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 is I mean look look at what we can achieve when we come together Nadia. <laughs> Teamwork makes a dream work. Friends out there, thank you for joining us for this season wrap up of Equals. Can I just ask like are we like Netflix or something? <laughs> Whose idea was it to have seasons? I mean other podcasts just go on and on and on but Oh really? I, well I think so. What? Yeah, I mean Liz, yeah. Is this true? I think we're being misinformed. I <laughs> I think Max. I think leave the structure to to Liz and I. I think you should stick stick to what you're good at. So I just st- stick with the tweets, and, you know, the, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, friends out there, we'd love to do a, a couple of things with this episode today. It's it has been a really great season. So many gems across the 14 episodes we've had. We'd love to just touch upon some of the highlights of of this season. But the first thing I think that's important to do is is just to just to pause and to breathe and to reflect for a moment. We've just passed a really important milestone, which was the two year anniversary since the pandemic was declared. The Economist newspaper reckons we've we've had over 20 million deaths from COVID nineteen. So it's a very somber moment. We've got many reflections. Liz, can I can I start with you? And I know you've been working with young people through this pandemic. You know, how are you feeling? What's your what's your kind of big reflection on the pandemic so far? We rarely talk about children because, you know, they're not really directly affected by COVID, the disease, as much as adults. But they're also affected. You know, we've talked about education, access to healthcare, decreasing household income and how that then affects the children in those households. Access to justice has also been affected during this pandemic. One group that I work with a lot is children in conflict with the law. That's kids facing charges in court. So during lockdown, we were all in our homes and that was, you know, hard. It had its own challenges. But think about kids who are in juvenile institutions with bans on prison visits. They couldn't see their parents and their friends for well over a year, right? And then you have others who, yes, they were let out on bail, but they had to attend virtual court processes. Let's not talk about the delays <laughs> in the court processes first, but think about the inequality that comes into play. You have a child from Islam area. They are facing charges for possibly because of the impacts of being in that background to start with. And then they have to attend a virtual court session. They don't have access to smart devices, don't have access to the internet. That's been a lot. Just looking at how COVID has impacted access to justice and especially for children. I just, I think it's amazing. You have this whole other life, Liz, you know, helping these kids just often locked up and almost the key is thrown away isn't it and this is before they're charged before they've been in court they can spend months months sometimes years in prison 
Whereas, you know, rich people just buy their way out, don't they? It's just so yeah. cool. I, I think um, for me, I think if I'm looking back over two years, obviously many, many things have happened. But the one big thing has been the people's vaccine campaign. I've been, and we've all been involved, but I've really been involved in that. And I think taking on the big pharmaceutical corporations, it, it felt like the right thing to do at the right moment. And I'm so glad that we have. And we've secured some wins. We got Joe Biden to say he wants to waive patents. And as a campaigner, the campaigner in me, I mean, these these guys who run these big pharmaceutical corporations, they are the classic pantomime villains. I mean, there was the one, the head of Pfizer, he he told the head of the World Health Organization that he was being a bit emotional when he was talking about people dying from COVID-19. Or oh today we had the head of Moderna, who's a billionaire. Um, and he, he said he doesn't want the World Health Organization copying his vaccines. It's a bit like someone trying to copy a Louis Vuitton <laughs> handbag, and he's got he's got the original luxury handbag. And you just can't make it up. <laughs> these guys are total scumbags, and we need to keep fighting. But I think that campaign has been amazing, and to see all these incredible activists, and it's the right thing to fight for right now, isn't it? It is, and it's been. I mean, it's just such a huge issue that every single person on earth can can relate to. And so just also amazing work that that you've done sharing that People's Vaccine Alliance, Max. And for me, I mean, just looking at it, you know, and seeing the vaccines issue and, and how it progressed or rather did not get to where we wanted it to get in terms of, you know, um, the TRIPS waiver. For me, that was like the face of the failure of multilateralism, you know, and, and me seeing it from the side of financing decisions, you know, watching the IFIs, looking at the World Bank, the, the International Monetary Fund, looking at discussions around debt relief. I mean, all of these decisions were sitting in the hands of the richest countries. And it was the same thing with the vaccines issue, you know, these decisions sitting with the rich countries, the richest corporations. And, and I think while I've always known on a very technical level the imbalance of power in, in the way our world operates, this pandemic really just showed us how real that power imbalance is, that it's literally a matter of life and death. I agree. In Nadia, in many ways, it feels like the colonial map of the world never really went away, did it? You know, a few rich countries yeah. making decisions, right, in the interests of their of the richest people and, and, the, and the richest corporations for the rest of the world. I think my big reflection is is just, you know, in a very simple ways, how inequality kills. You know, we've seen how the inequalities of race and, and class are just really dangerous, right? You're more likely to die or to fall into poverty, you know, if you're black, if you're brown. You know, and I think that's been really clear. I think the other thing that happened during this pandemic, we also saw the rise of of movements. It's it's been a very long two years, but who can forget how Black Lives Matter rose up in the US, but also around the world. We saw it even here in Kenya as well. I think that's heightened the awareness about tackling inequalities. Let me tell you this. Look, guys, I, I don't know about you, but while it has been a tough year and the more we reflect, the the, the tougher it feels in many ways. I've got to tell you, doing this podcast has just been like a ray of hope. Don't you feel the same? It's certainly a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know. One episode I absolutely loved, guys, was when we spoke to Grieve Chalwa, and it just really highlighted just, just you know, we, we talked about lack of leadership before. We also just have such a lack of, you know, imagination amongst political leaders around the world today. It was so interesting speaking to him about leaders and on this continent, on the African continent, in the wake of colonial independence and the kind of progressive policies that they pursued. 
that gave me some hope. Max, Max, what was your favourite episode this season? Well, I mean, that one was catnip for me because I love African history. and uh, But yeah, I think the one that really stood out, and I think building on this idea of decolonising, but really looking at, at us at Oxfam, at big aid agencies, at the aid business, the interview with Deg and Ali was really, mm. really hard um, to hear, but very, very powerful. And she really didn't hold back. And that was one of my favourites. Did you know that was our most listened to equals episode of all time? Yeah, no, clearly, clearly hit a nerve, didn't it? You know, we need to decolonize aid, and uh, uh, and it's high time we did it. Yeah, definitely. Max, remember when we talked about buses? Oh, that was a great episode with the Italian guy who spoke perfect Swahili. That was amazing. Yes, wasn't it? Matteo Rizzo. Oh, I just loved how we connected transport and access to these other rights. You know, transport affects access to healthcare, access to education, accessing work, and even your right to assembly, you know. So it was very interesting to just get that angle and maybe even, you know, access to transport should be a recognized human rights. I think I think that was one of my most favorite ones. And of course, it was my first time hosting. <laughs> oh, and you did such a great job, Liz. I loved it. I mean, talking of highlights of this season, just the rise of Elizabeth and Jambi as co-host. You're really, really good and quite scarily good. I mean, yeah, you you fight for the human rights of young people. You produce well. You're a great co-host. What else is there to say, Liz? Oh, thank you, guys. Talking of greatness, uh, Nadia, some good things happening in Chile. Yes, this hopeful, hopeful episode for me was the episode that we just did with Noam Titelman. It defines what I want and what, you know, I think we all do this podcast for is because it's talking about the hope in the fight against inequality and and what is more hopeful than this progressive movement in Chile and this this new president, Gabriel Boric, coming in. Very exciting. Very exciting. I like how you've done that, Nadia, in true true equal style. You've you've ended us with some hope for the future. Friends out there, we've had an amazing season four. Thank you very much for tuning in and for joining us on this journey. We also have a wonderful season five of Equals coming up. Uh, We have a range of episodes planned from talking about reparations to speaking to some prominent former world leaders to talking to activists in South Africa fighting for a living income. We've got some great stuff coming up. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining this season four journey. As always, please leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter at Equals Hope. If you prefer to read, please check out EqualsHope.org. We have all the episode transcripts and amazing blogs on inequality. See you next season. Bye. See you, everyone.